Now, I've worked with over 100 law firms now, both here and in the UK and in Asia. And, um, you know, it's a, it's an area of the market that I find fascinating because it's very intelligent, bright people do great things for great people, um, less good at being able to um, demonstrate the value to their clients. All right, everyone. In this episode, I had the chance to sit down and have a chat with Alastair Marshall. Now, he is a business development consultant. He's helped over 100 professional services firms add six and seven figures to their annual revenues, including many law firms. Now, some of the topics today include um, that people don't generally buy products and services they tend to buy results and outcomes and we'll discuss what that really means um, for law firms. We talked about uh, whether or not your law firm should be offering discounts, how you can stand out in a crowded marketplace and a whole bunch of other cool stuff as well. Now, before we dive in, just going to let you know that there is a free law firm marketing plan at legalsites.com.au. There should be a link in the description so you can grab that. If, there, if the link doesn't work for some reason, just go to legalsites.com.au and you can grab it there. There should also be a link in the description for a coaching call. That is something that I'm currently offering. So if you're interested in finding out more about the coaching call, just hit the link and there's more information on the page that the link will take you to. Um, If you want to support the podcast as as well, please consider leaving a review and subscribing. This apparently helps with the algorithm. So um, if you like this podcast or you just, you know, you just want to be a nice person, you know, please consider feeding the algorithm and, and helping out a little bit with a review and subscribing. So that should help. And also maybe tell a friend about the podcast. Now, if you've got any ideas for future episodes as well, uh, or if there are uh, people that you want me to bring onto the podcast for a chat, uh, just get in touch with me. You can do that through LinkedIn or legal sites. Or, yeah, that should do. Um, and finally, I'll just introduce myself properly. I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of LegalSites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. And in this podcast, you'll learn how to leverage the most time-efficient law firm marketing strategies to get more leads, more clients, and more profit. Now, I'm going to start the podcast, uh, you know, about five or 10 minutes into my chat with Alistair. A large amount of the uh, first couple of minutes was, you know, me asking Alistair about his accent. So um, we'll just get into uh, the juicy stuff and uh, that's it. So um, I'm going to stop talking and here is our, here's, here's the podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone. In a digital world that we now live in, you should probably have a signature piece of content that you can send to people that's an introduction to the type of work that you might do. So um, I have a number of things that I can send people. If people say, you know, have you got something you can send that outlines the type of work you do or highlights the types of challenges that we might face that you might help people overcome? Is there anything that you've got? And I have. So, but lots of law firms don't have that. And, the, and if they do, it's a very generalist one pager rather than anything that goes into any detail. And again, I don't wish to go off at a tangent, but lots of the things that law firms have, whether it's on the website, which tends to just be an online brochure anyway, is that they list all the services that they do, but people don't buy legal services. They buy the result of the legal services. So they don't talk result. They don't talk about case studies and testimonials enough. 
So if you go to most law firm websites, and you would know this because I'm sure you deal with these on a very regular basis, people just list what they do. So we do family law, we do contract law, we do rural law, we do elder law. But people don't buy that, they buy the result of it. Yeah. So they should be they, sh- they should be talking about what the results are of these things, and again, huge opportunity for people. Copywriting yeah. really important thing. Hundred percent agree with that. I actually often advise people to use um, some of their results as a unique selling point. So instead of just saying you have uh, thirty years of experience, um, what does that experience really mean? You know, it, it should be, I, I know for me anyway, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of lawyers out there with a lot of experience, but how many of them have really impressive results? Well, I know well, for me, as a consumer, I would want someone with the results. This is a real passion for me. So I, I think lawyers do fantastic things for people in the most stressful times of their personal and business lives. Mm-hmm. So that could be you know, birth and death of a human, birth and death of a business, the stressful times for people, and yet they undersell themselves massively. So if you meet a lawyer in a, you know, in a bar or a restaurant or in a, a function and you ask them what you do, you tend to, you know, what do you do? Oh, I'm a lawyer. Or, you know, worse, I'm a tax lawyer, right? You don't instantly go, wow, can't wait to talk to you for the next half an hour. You know? <laughs> so what people need to understand is that longevity in the law is not a reason to buy you. Okay, so I meet absolutely dreadful lawyers who are my age in the 50s, and I meet really clever, good lawyers who are late 20s, early 30s. So longevity is no longer a reason to use you. And people misconstrue that. So I'm sick of reading bios. You know, so-and-so's been around for 30 years. So what? It doesn't mean you're good. Right? So if you position it differently, and, you know, numbers and stories sell. So take a property lawyer, for example. Even if you're a domestic, you know, if if you just do conveyancing, the average value of a house here in Sydney, let's pick a round figure of a million dollars. If you do a mil, if you sell a house a week, it's fifty million dollars of real estate you do every year. If you've been in it ten years, you've sold half a billion dollars of real estate. Yeah. Therefore, you must know what you're doing. Right. So it's it's not just what you do, it's how you talk about it and how you position it. Yeah. So you, you need to get stories and numbers. That's what helps you sell. Yeah. So these are important things, longevity, how long you've been practicing it. If if I've been doing law for 20 years and you've been doing it for 19, does that make me better than you? I don't think so. All right. But if I've moved three million dollars or three billion dollars of real estate, then I probably know what I'm doing. Absolutely, mate. You're speaking my language right now. Well, this is what but, I say most, all the time. But, but, but not enough people do it. That's the challenge, you know? Well, there's there's probably some reasons behind that. I think, first of all, it does take a little bit of effort just to try and, I guess, I, like figure out, like, what are the numbers here? So you got you got to put in a little bit of time there to figure out, you know, how much yeah real estate have i have i uh, sold or helped to sell or you know uh if you are a personal injury lawyer you know what is roughly the dollar figure of um you know compensation payouts that you've achieved for people over the last 10 years okay you just got to sort of roughly figure it takes a little bit of effort there's also the the sorry there's also the uh there could be some 
lawyers out there who feel like it looks a bit uh, showy or a bit sort of, oh, look at me and and that could be another reason why some are sort of resisting that approach as well. Well, here's the thing, right? So there comes a time now we're in, we're in a competitive world. People do make snapshot decisions and, you know, different things will appeal to different clients, but I don't see why anyone should be ashamed of what they've achieved for people and their clients. I think that's a positive message. And the salesman's license, no one's going to challenge you. If you say, you know, you've, you've sold a billion dollars of real estate and you've actually really only done 875,000, no one's going to be on there challenging that. Mm. Um, and whilst I'm not encouraging people to, to tell untruths, you know, you should be proud of your achievement. Yeah. Um, and it's a real differentiator. And, you know, ultimately, if, if you want to be successful and put yourself in the top 10% of lawyers in the country, you've got to be prepared to do what 90% of lawyers are not prepared to do. Yeah. That simple. And you can charge accordingly, right? The experts don't charge low fees. So stop getting on this treadmill of discount, discount, discount. You don't need to do it, but you do need to put an engine in place to build it. Now, I have huge empathy and sympathy with people because you don't learn these disciplines in law school. Mm. So it's outside your comfort zone. But but as I say, it takes a little bit of time and effort and a change in attitudes and behaviours. But business development is essentially client service and relationship building. There's nothing here to fear. Do you you do have systems, tools, and processes in place to make it easier for you. Absolutely. Do you feel like, uh, from from your experience and from the people you you talk to and your clients, so do you feel like there are a lot of law firms out there that are discounting their prices to win work? Yes. Wow. Um, yes, I do. And this year this week finishing here in australia financial year i've spoken to lots of law firms who tell me that they'll make record profits this year even as even with covid but they tell me they'll make record profits not necessarily because the top revenue line has changed hugely but it's just that they've reduced costs massively yeah so they've got better fiscal hygiene so they've been better at collecting the money they've not had so much outstanding debt and they've cut costs on things like marketing and training and all these other things. Lots of the medium-sized firms have even told me, you know, they've saved a million dollars a year just on travel and not having partners going between offices, right? But some of those costs will come back over time. Um, so at some point, they need to think about growing that top line. The top line is healthy growth. Attracting new clients is a healthy way of doing things. But then again, I don't encourage people to grow for growth's sake. And if you're going to grow, you know, do it where you can manage it because you don't want to grow too quickly if you can't deliver the service. You know, you need to be able to deliver that service. You know, the clues in the title, professional services, and the service that you give is a real differentiator. And, you know, you've got to ask yourself, if you were a client of your firm, would, would you be doing it to a level that's wowing people, that people are going to talk about it? And, again, I go back to if you just – do average work for average people, why are they ever going to refer that? <laughs> so what are you going to do to stand out and be different? So let's go back to conveyancing. People go, Alistair, we do domestic conveyancing. We do it for $1,900. Everyone else in the town, similar price, $1,700, $1,800, $2,000. How do we differentiate ourselves on something as basic? And I go, okay, well, 
do you do do you deliver flowers on the day that they move into the new house and they say no and i go okay well let's pick an example how many domestic conveyancing jobs do you do in a year and they might say one a week I go, okay go to a florist in the town and ask them how much you're gonna charge them if you buy a bunch of flowers off them every week and it, and it won't be that much and if you change your price from $1,900 to $1,950 to cover the price of the flowers, that won't matter because they won't. But what happens is on the day you move in, they invite people around to their house and people see flowers and they go, oh, they're lovely. Who did that? The law firm. The law firm sent you flowers? Yeah. Oh, our law firm never did that, right? So you start this little viral thing. I go back to people say to me, they go the extra mile. And when I scratch the surface, they don't do anything different to anyone else. Mm. Right? So you've got to start doing things that others don't do. So these can be just little small things that make people talk about it. Second thing is have a list of services for people that's helpful. So when they move in, you might say, okay, here's a list. If you have a need for a plumber, a gardener, an electrician, a roofer, a tiler, um, a dog walker, a Pilates class, a dentist, a school, all things that you need when you move into a new area and you don't know, these are useful things, right? Most law firms don't provide these things and they're free to provide. So why would you not do it? The other thing is, is that if you, if you tell the people that they're on the list and you're promoting their business to people who move into the new houses, they will probably reciprocal do the same. Mm. So you start a network of people who are talking about what you do. So again, none of this is difficult. None of it costs money. You just need to think differently. And if you don't want to add the cost of the flowers to the uh, total fee, you can always just slip the invoice uh, or, you know, uh, attach the invoice to the flowers and then, you know, the client can uh, sort it out. <laughs> but, uh, that isn't what I would advise. I literally, you know, you put your price up by 50. No one's going to notice the difference, right? You're talking about an average house price now being a million bucks, right? Yeah. So $50 in a million bucks, it's not here nor there. They won't notice it. What they have to notice is that your service and your care, right? So let me just make a slight comment here. I talk when I do uh, speeches about my favorite four-letter word beginning with F, and that word is feel. How you make people feel okay. is huge. I thought, it, I thought it was something else. No, never something else. That's, just how you get feel. that's how you get people's attention, isn't it? Well, maybe <laughs> But the, the idea is, is, you know, people don't care what you say. People probably don't care what you do, but they will remember how it made them feel. Yeah. All right. And that's what, that's where the referral comes from, right? You have to do something that made them feel special, feel more than just another, you know, domestic conveyancing client. Yeah. Right? There's got to be something in there that resonates with them. And to do that, you've got to be doing what? the other law firms aren't prepared to do. And as I say, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It just has to be different. Yeah, and mate. that's why certain people win and some people don't. And, you know, I go back to it's the extra mile. When I ask questions, you know, why do people come to your law firm? I get three stock answers back. First one comes back price or value. And I go, that's not true because there's always someone in your geography who'll do it cheaper than you. So we'll put a line through that one. Some managing partners will say it's the quality of our work or the quality of the people. And I go, well, I've never met a managing partner who's told me the team's rubbish. So we'll put a line through that one. Actually, I have met one. A one drunken managing partner at a conference once told me his team was rubbish. But I won't yeah. tell you who that is. Oh. And the third one. And what this a is lovely the man. 
what a lovely man. Oh, the third one is the ubiquitous service. Alistair, people come back to us because the service is better. And I go, okay, just write down on this piece of paper what you do that you don't think other law firms do. Yeah. And then they struggle. And if you can't verbalize it or write it down, you can't sell it. So this is why, you know, people need to just think a little bit more deeply about if you're building a sustainable legal practice, what you need to do. The other thing is, and I don't want to scare people who are big on conveyancing, but, you know, I've been reading about the death of law firms for the last 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. and the death of the billable hour. It's still alive and well. Yeah. Um, having said that, if you look over the horizon, things like conveyancing are where you're more likely to get picked off by a technology product. So I'm trying to encourage small law businesses to stop being so heavily reliant on conveyancing because three, five years, maybe not even that long down the market, that's an area of the law that's going to get picked off by technology. Oh, it already is. And, you know, you've seen the amount of money that's changing hands. PEXA changed hands yesterday on the ASX, you know, we're talking billions of dollars here. So, you know, that's not what you should be concentrating on. I wouldn't be building my law firm future based on conveyancing. So you need to think about what else is available to you. And then we're into a whole different conversation, which I appreciate. We're probably about half an hour in. Um, we could go off for hours, but I guess we need to try and stick to what the challenges are. Yeah, 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 we'll... we'll uh... We'll, we will um, wrap it up soon, but you're just giving so much, uh, so much good stuff here. So um, the discount thing, I did have a one question. I, I did have was, how is this happening? Like, uh, are law firms um, being pressured by uh, potential clients to offer a discount because that potential client has been shopping around for the cheapest fixed price conveyancing, for example, or are these law firms? marketing themselves as offering you know 20 percent off you know this or that how's this happening i think it's both and yeah. it depends on the generational thing so you know my mother bless her who's in her 80s she wouldn't choose a lawyer unless someone was physically introduced to her in person and because that generation that's how it works conversely i live in a building here in sydney cbd which is full of dot-com millionaires, and they just walk around on an electronic device. And if you don't exist in the digital world, they ain't choosing you because you, they would never see you. Mm. So lawyers have a double challenge. The first one's visibility. If they don't know who you are, they can't hire you. Second one is credibility. Once you've become on the radar, why are they going to choose you rather than someone else? Yeah. That's the double challenge. So depending on your target market and the age of that market, that's where you have to spend some time. So, um, you know, I, my challenge goes out to everyone listening. You know, how many times have you bought anything over $500 without Googling it first? Mm. Right. So the same thing will happen. Even if I recommend, you know, Smith and Son lawyers in the town, I'm still going to Google it because it's over $500 and I'll have a look at two or three other options. That's the way of the world. Um, so you, your digital presence and websites and what you do is important for people because that's the, one of the first impressions that people will have. So, you know, lots of things at play here and lots of opportunities to improve. You just got to take some. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, uh, the flowers, uh, that's, uh, that's going to be a, uh, could be a great way of getting a Google review as well. And if someone's going to, 
Google for a law firm uh, or, you know, if they're already aware of your law firm and they're going to check you out online just to make sure you're not rubbish, um, they might, you know, be um, pleasantly surprised to see a, a Google review from someone who's um, hired you and received some unexpected flowers. Uh, just goes to show that you go the extra mile. You could even... Well, I, think, I think people underestimate the power of a Google review. Oh, so a... I get a bit lazy sometimes and I think I've got 20 odd on mine but you know if you're a law firm and you do one domestic conveyance in a week you should have hundreds on there because mm. you go yeah. back over years and you know quite often firms will come to me and say Alistair we've got we've got three or four bad Google reviews and it's pulling us down and I go well the only way you can get rid of them is by burying them in good news so you need to go and again it goes back to if you don't have a client satisfaction survey that acts as the trigger moment because that's the time to ask someone for a Google review when they've just given you a nine or a 10 score. You know, you, you just don't think about these things. See, again, tools, systems, process. You know, business development's not a one-off event. It's a, it's a chain reaction. It's a number of things. It's a process. Uh, and, you know, you can make some quick wins just by getting yourselves organized, really. Absolutely. This is almost the Google review podcast anyway, because I talk about it so much, but I'm glad that we, uh, we agree. Uh, there are still some lawyers out there who think that Google reviews are pointless. Most don't feel that way anymore, it appears, which is great. Uh, but uh, much, uh, many of the things that you've recommended, I think, would, uh, would be very effective at generating some real authentic uh, Google reviews because those are the ones that really matter in, in my opinion. It's, it's it's great to have a high number of Google reviews to start with. Okay, that's going to make you generally look like you're the real deal compared to the law firm that has maybe two reviews or, or none. So quantity is great, but the quality of the reviews. Now, if you've got a review and there's a photo of a happy client with a bouquet of flowers or a, um, a bottle of wine or, you know, a uh, 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 you know, something else that's maybe you could even get some basic merchandise for the law firm, like a bottle opener or a stubby holder or something, just a simple gift pack that doesn't have to cost a lot of money. If you've got a photo of a client with that and they've been through a, a stressful, you know, purchase of a property and, and you're the only one who hasn't, you know, pissed them off and <laughs> you've been the, the, the knight in shining armor and there's a photo of them and they just can't stop raving about you. That's a real. That is a. That is a piece of marketing that money can't buy. Maybe you've paid fifty bucks for the flowers, but you know you get my point. But that's what I'm talking about. Like that's what you, you need. That's that. how you're okay. going to really get to the next level. I'm a massive believer that you make impressions early, and what goes on in the first engagement meeting, and even if you have an onboarding pack. Mm. So when someone signs up to be a client of yours. Like you say, it could be an umbrella. It could be a host of different things, but something that kind of says you've joined the club. Yep. And this is the way we're going to treat you. And this is a, a, a service statement. So this is what you can expect from us service-wise and all these. These are things that make huge impressions. And as I say, one firm in 20 might do them, but that's why, that's why they're successful because they go the extra mile. Perfect. Well, uh, you've been very generous with your time, Alistair. So just wrapping up, would you mind maybe just uh, giving people the sort of quick little idea of uh, what, you know, what you do um, and if someone wants to find out more about you, what can they do to find that out? Okay, well, 
website's a good place to start and there's a huge amount of free resources on there. So if you go to www.professionalservicesbd.com.au, you'll learn a little bit more about myself and the types of work that I do and who I do it for. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's around uh, working out a strategy to market. So uh, again, if you're, a, if you're a property lawyer in Sydney CBD, there might be two or 300 people in the country who are interested in what you do, so you'd have certain routes to market. If you're a, a mergers and acquisitions specialist in the mining and gas industry, there's probably less than 10 people in the whole country who are interested in what you do. Therefore, the way that you go to your routes to market and your marketing, your website, the whole thing, it's going to look very different which is why I don't put generic vanilla things up on my website because I I like to tailor things towards people. And if you look at the courses that are available on the website, you'll you'll see a bit more about what those topics are. Um, I do quite a lot around routes to market. I also do conversion training. So lots of lawyers right now at 11 a.m. and the CBD will be having flat white meetings everywhere. Not a lot will happen as a result of that because they're never trained on what to say at those meetings. Not their fault. They don't teach this in law school. So, again, I do quite a lot of conversion training because lots of legal people misunderstand whether they have a marketing problem or a sales problem. And, and it's because of the S word, right? There's a complete fear of the S word. You know, it, it's beneath me, below me. It makes me feel desperate, cheesy, salesy, greedy, whatever it is. But that's a real skill on how to convert those opportunities when they arrive. So yeah. I do a lot of work with law firms on that as well. But I think the best thing is for people to go and have a look at the website. But you now I've worked with over 100 law firms now, both here and in the UK and in Asia. And, um, you know, it, it's a it's an area of the market that I find fascinating because it's very intelligent, bright people do great things for great people, um, less good at being able to um, demonstrate the value to their clients. Perfect. All right, perfect. And I will definitely link that website uh, in the episode description so people can just, you know, go to the notes and just click on the link so that will be easier. Awesome. Thank you, Brendan. All right. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Alistair today. Just wrapping up, if you uh, want to grab yourself a law firm marketing plan, there should be a link in the description. That's at legalsites.com.au. There should be a link to a coaching call as well. You can go to legalsites.com.au and you might find some other things that you're interested in as well. Uh, We basically build uh, and fix websites for law firms and help them get clients on Google and provide uh, various other marketing services as well. Now, uh, if you want to support the podcast, please consider leaving a review uh, and subscribing. Apparently, it helps with the algorithm. If you want to tell a friend about the podcast, that could help as well. If there are people that you want me to um, interview for this podcast, for example, or if there are uh, topics that you want me to discuss uh, in future, then please get in touch with me. Uh, I always like hearing from people anyway who are listening to the podcast and I think that should wrap it up. Um, Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your support. And until next time, I'm Brett and Kelso, and you've been listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. All right. Bye for now.